Alrighty, I'm just gonna um, pray, okay? Hallelujah, Father. I thank you for every person that's here tonight, God, and I pray that um, during worship, God, we would experience the freedom, God, and transformation that you called us to live, Lord, in our lives. Pray that you release your joy, God, your peace, and your freedom in this place. In your name, Jesus, I pray. I want to encourage all my leaders, if you're in 101, 201, I want you to raise your hand. Or if you're like the pastor or anyone here in the church, I want to encourage you to just get moving with the song. And if you see a youth around you, just pull them with you and just start dancing, okay? All righty. Hallelujah, Lord. We come here for you, Jesus. Thank you, God.
come and lift up your hands. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God. We are free to run. to receive that freedom and to live for you, God, and pour out our hearts before you, God. It's not a show. It's not a show. Thank you, Lord, that you meet us here. I just want to encourage every heart, if you haven't given your life to Christ, this next song, it talks about giving God our hearts. And you may think to yourself, what does that even look like? It means letting him in. As people, we tend to just have this wall built up in our hearts because we can't trust people. But let me tell you something. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of Jesus, that will never be put to shame, that we can count on somebody, guys. So I want to encourage you in this place to give your heart to the Lord, to give him your trust, and let him in. Hallelujah, Jesus. Give you my life, Lord. is yours my heart is yours my heart is yours take it all take it all my life in your hands again my heart is yours sing it out my heart is yours take it all 
and just um, just get rid of all the distractions in this place. If you're in this room, I want you to take some time and just really worship God from your heart. I know that sometimes we have busy weeks and, you know, the devil comes and he tries to distract us and take us away from everything that God is doing. Some of you guys, really, this is like the first time since Friday that you've been back into the presence of God. I mean, just admit it, in this room, if, if this is the first time this week that you've been back in the presence of God, just, I want you all across this room just to raise your hands before God. You know, raising our hands is a sign of surrender. It's a sign to God, you know. So, Lord, when we raise our hands before you, we, we surrender, Father. And if you know in this place that you need to surrender, just raise your hands. Father, we surrender to you, Lord. 
not because we have to, not because you you make us, or not because I'm saying it, not because Pastor Leilani's up here and she's telling me to raise my hands, but because, God, in my heart, I know that you're worthy. Because, Lord, in my heart, I know. I know what you did for me. Guys, in this room, Jesus Christ paid the cross for you. He paid the price for you. He died on the cross for your sins, a death that you should have paid. God is worthy. God is worthy, and I'm sorry if you guys feel like you're too cool to worship God. Let me, let me tell you this, okay? Every person in this room, Jesus is worthy. And if he doesn't do one more thing for you, he's still worthy. The very fact that you stand in this place alone makes him worthy. And so, Lord, I pray that when you look in this room that you would find worshipers who worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord, that when you look in this room, God, you, you can tell who's real and who's fake, God. Lord, there's no games with you. So, God, when, when we come in this place and we worship you, God, I pray that it would be real, that it would be from our hearts, God. God, because we can fake it. We can fake it till we make it in this place, Lord. We can come every week, every week and pretend how that we're close to you. Every week we can pretend that we're doing better and that our life is great, God. But that does not do anything for us, Lord. So I pray, God, that in this place we would be real with you, Lord. Lord, we desire more of you. Stephanie, if you could sing that part again. Your heart is yours. And in this place, if you Your mean it, just go ahead and sing this song. Take it all, take it all, my life in your hands. My heart is yours, my heart is yours. Take it all, take it all, my life in your hands. Again. My heart is yours, you see, my heart is yours. Take it all, take it all. God, we thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, we thank you that you are here with us, God. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the life you've given me. I thank you, Lord, for just your presence, God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So if you guys go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We're going to go ahead and we're going to break out into our groups. So if I can have my righteously redeemed and my ambassadors on this side, please.
boys post about Oprah's posers. Bragging out they open mouths. Used to be about it. Praise itself, uh. Oozing out my very mouth. Cobras. Venom leaking out of every mouth. Pride indulging. Bulging out of next beat of poison. Pharisees in baggy pants. Wolf clothes approaching. Patting every backpacker. Calling them the chosen. The chosen ones. Obi-Wan's. Only cuz. Grace being folded. The greatest that you claim fixed. Can only equate to what's greatest makes sense, yo. Call it in a culture, but a culture stays posing. Compounding our confoundment with entitlement. Defilements inside. We just punks. Trying to play punk rock. Post rock stars, I'm posting that I'm broke. Truth made by God. I'm proposing that we post rock, deflecting applause. Even the stars with God on. Don't play stars, we are. Post rock, so we post it up. Post what this word about. Word them up, word them out. Over now, crown after crown, lay them down. Post rock, so we post it up. Post what this word about. Word them up, word them out. Suppose I was a poser, posing for popes until the masses see me. Grab the beads with Hail Mary, sack your Magdalene sheet. Had a trailer issues, grab a magazine and read me. It's entertaining, ain't it? I'm like a TV, I like it 3D, I do it all the time. Hey, gotta see it, my life is BC. Wave a banner with my name and change my name to Nisi. Clap, clap is all I wanted, even the beat repeats me. Post rock, post pride, most died, post lies. Supposed to be posting about most highs. Not the split sitting in lips, darker than tents, but sitting riches, sitting inches too far from your skies. Pilot, Roman guards keeping kingdoms from most eyes. All they see is the poser posted, posted with ghost minds. These ghost rhymes written for psych. I'm post blind, watching clocks on the wall, wait your time. Post rock, so we post it up. Post what this word about, word them up, word them out, over now, crown after crown, lay them down, post rock, so we post it up, post what this word about, word them up, word them out, over now, crown after crown, lay them down. I'm post everything that ever thought it made me, my way should have got aborted when he saved me, baptized, came about the water like the navy, I'm from that tribe of Judah, from the sewer, smelling like Kahlua, now posted up in a pair of paisley chucks, matching my environment, my soul out of retirement, humbled by the thought I could ever be past my past, pummeled by the thoughts that would make some go smash and grab, he gave up that plasma for a saw, that bloody cash, now I'm reborn, I'm brand new, still wearing my tag, what's postpartum, poster boy for the autumn, that's the fall to the ghost, bought him apart, by way of the cross, I stay at a loss, I'm losing myself, my pregame show made me hang low, I still remain true to myself cause of the father's kindness, dismiss my blindness, now I embrace his highness, honest. Post rock, so we post it up, post what this word about, word them up, word them out, over now, crown after crown, lay them down, post rock, so we post it up, post what this word about, word them up, word them out. Close 
All right, everybody, you got five minutes. Cinco minutos.
in my Nintendo to stay away from windows because bullets they tend to hit those. My mama told me when I got the PS1 to skip the BS and lead us a BS numb as every other brother throwing up colors in my community. I knew better but couldn't do better but then I grew to be the same dude. Reading Wayne grew them even though I grew up listening to Snoop and Ice Cube. Be amused at the music. We used that to bruise cats. He goes. Nowadays you might find me under the steeple. Preaching to the people or making me a sequel to mixtapes. Get shin scrapes and skate parks. I'm everything in one. I'm the product of great art. I'm the product of bait cards and Keller and Outcast. I kind of class the glass ceiling that they put above me. The reason that they hate me, the same reason they love me. Would you the product of a pandering mama's prayer? Y'all got 60 seconds. 60 seconds. Y'all got to make the most of your time. 60 seconds. I I mean, I want to see some stuff happen. 60 seconds. y'all go first we're gonna let y'all go first show them how it's done because last week last week i wasn't as pleased okay so let's see if y'all can set the bar high all right so go ahead and let me see what my ambassadors got find your way to your seats say what's up to somebody that you ain't said what's up to give somebody a handshake a brotherly hug that's what's up that's what's up all right everybody it's friday 
It's, it's Elevate. Can I get a what, what? Elevate. Elevate. Y'all, please don't be lame. All right? So I'm going to do that one more time. And this time, I'll, like, I know my righteously redeemed people can yell. I know my ambassadors can yell. So when I say Elevate, I want to hear the loudest what, what that I ain't heard last week. Okay? So Elevate. Elevate. Thank you, guys. You guys are here. All right, it's Friday. Let me get them slides, please. Okay, so how many know, if you don't know already, what's happening next week? By a show of hands. Okay, none of y'all, apparently. Okay, maybe two of y'all. So we have an E-night, all right? So E-night, we're going to have a big back-to-school party. How many of you guys started inviting your friends? Oh, no. Okay, everybody, honey, I think it's time to start rides. I think people need to go home now. Like, what? okay, let me get a show of hands right quick. Who invited their friends? Who started inviting their friends? Okay, we got one person. One person out of, like, how many people here? Like, I'm going to put y'all on blast, okay? Y'all found out when? When y'all find out? I know we've been talking about e -Night. Come on, girl. Come on, Carmen. Two weeks ago, girl. Girl, two weeks ago. Okay, I need you guys to listen. On Facebook, go to the page, start tagging people in this photo. August 22nd, there's gonna be free food, games, and prizes. That's gonna be E-Night, August 22nd, Friday, seven. If y'all don't start inviting friends, I'm personally going on your page, and I'm gonna put something on there. I'm gonna put something on there, okay? Let me get the next slide, please. <laughs> All right, guys, you guys know we have a vision here, loving God, loving people. How many of you guys love God? I better see more hands than I did a moment ago. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We love God and we love people. So we love you here. Amen. And here we have a strategy. We do that by connecting, mentoring, and sending. So we connect. When we mean connect, we talk about you having a relationship. You get connected to God. You get saved. All right? In mentorship, we talk about, you know, what it is now to, to be saved. And through mentorship, we have the 101. So where my 101 is at? Oh, my. The, the spirit of lame, I rebuke. <laughs> I rebuke the spirit of lame. All right, guys, my 101ers, let me hear y'all say what, what. Okay, guys, you guys are here. Thank God you're here. All right, so that's mentorship 101. And then we send you out to go and share your faith, talk to people about Jesus, amen? Let me get that next slide. All right, so we got prizes here. We know we've been explaining this every week, so some of y'all get the deal. So we've got prizes here. You bring one person, you get a candy. You bring five, you get a gift card. You bring 10, the youth group gets a pizza party, okay? And when you bring 10 visitors, it's for the whole month, not just one night, okay? And the platinum, the big prize here. If you bring the most persons, a guy and a girl, we're gonna give you a free scholarship to one of our big things, all right? So I know a lot of you are pumped about the conference coming up that is IHOP, right? I have conference coming up, and that's a big deal, guys, and we do that in December, So, it, and it's coming around the corner. I counted 19 days till Christmas, 19 Fridays till Christmas, so that's right around the corner, all right? So keep it, keep it posted. Remember, we're going to scholarship a guy and a girl. That's a lot of money there, all right? Next slide, please. All right, everybody, so we have life groups, and recently we've been doing some fun things. This coming Saturday, August 16th, can you say August 16th? Again, August 16th. All right, guys, August 16th, we're going to mini golf, okay? We're going to go and play some putt-putt, some little mini golf stuff. We're going to have fun. And tomorrow at 4 o'clock, meet us here, okay? 
Four o'clock, everybody, can I see a four, four o'clock? We're gonna do it at four o'clock meet here. We're gonna go, if you have $11, bring $11, if you just show up, okay? And then keep posted, cause we got Bowling with Pizza coming up real soon in September, September 13th. All right, and if everybody can stand with me for tithes and offering, tithes and offering. Me too, I like tithes and offering. So a tithe is, 10% of your total income, right? And an offering is whatever you offer to God after your tithe. And I got a number coming up here real quick. So what is the tithe of $35? Can I get a show of hands? $35. What's it? Tiana, girl, what's the tithe of $35? Yes, $3.50. Was she right? Was she right? Was she right? Yes, she was. So $3.50 is the tithe of uh, $35, okay? So we're going to say the scripture together, Acts 20, 35, 1 to 3. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we just come before you, Father, and we thank you, Lord, for tonight. God, we thank you for Elevate. Lord, I thank you for everybody here. God, I pray that you will bless them so that they can be a blessing. Lord, I pray that you would meet all their needs, Father, according to your glorious riches, God, because that's what you said. And Lord, I just thank you, God, that you're here with us. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody said, amen. So come up as you give. You have some breath in this place. Can you make some noise? Man, you guys are all just a little too, just too uh, yawny today, all right, guys? So what I want to do is I want everybody to stand up, okay? We're going to get there. Oh, why is he making us do stuff? Why are we here? Why? I don't want to be here. All right, look. Can you please just stretch out like this? Like, if you hit the back of your neighbor's head, just say, I'm sorry, all right? Just go like that. Okay. And now... I want Tony to come up here, and he's going to do a designated uh, move, and you all have to mimic the move, all right? So come on, Tony, come up here. Tony, he's coming up, all right? So it can be funny. It can be whatever, okay? I'm waiting for you, man. Go ahead. <laughs> you got to do some more. Come on, do some more. So there's one. Okay. I can't do that, but I, I can't do that either. <laughs> Hop on one leg now, come on. All right, jumping jacks now. Jumping jacks. Oh, no, no, I'm just a little too, I'm a little too tired today, you know. I slept until fi 5 o'clock, and I came here right away. I still want to sleep some more for the next 10 hours. Man, all right, guys, so what we're going to do is we're going to uh, start the word today. And uh, I know normally we have something between the ties and, and before the word, but I want to actually just start with the word, and we're going to do a mini presentation in the middle of the word. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today, God. And 
we just lift up this time to you. This word that you've given me, God, I know that it is, is important, and we are all accountable to this, Lord. And so I pray today that we would take it seriously, that we would go after you, that we would not be ashamed of the gospel, that we would see souls in our friends, God, and we would see everybody as somebody, as a potential opportunity to share our faith with. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, now I know what I wanted you guys to do. I'm so sorry. I know we just did that. But uh, what I want to do is I want to do a switcheroo, all right? So normally we have, like, majority of the leaders over here, and they kind of just, like, chill here. So uh, what I want to do is I want at least, like, these leaders, stand up, everybody over here. I want the first two rows to stand up. And then I want, let's see. I want that row over here to come over here to this front row. Yes, you guys can do it. I know. Give it up for those guys. Yay! You did it! I hate this church. I hate the elevator. Inside, they have the, the inner demon voice. I hate this church. <laughs> like they're getting soup. All right. And then, let's see. From Yuli down in that way, can you guys go where they were as well? Yeah. And that's enough. All right, you all can sit down. These guys are just moving around. If Adam can go all the way there. Yeah. Over there. You guys can just stand there for the sermon. It'll be just fun, okay? Just just wait there. <laughs> Look to your neighbor and say, that's not awkward. That's not awkward, okay? All right, guys, so we're finishing up this sermon series. I know that it was only three, three lessons, really, what it was, three sermons. But I really believe that today is just the last time that we're going to talk about it. We have next week our E-night, and then after that, we're going to start on a new sermon series about something else. And so right now, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. It's the third part, and today we're going to be talking about the lost. And first I want to say that we all, we all know somebody who's not saved, and that's just the way life is. You know, we all have friends who don't go to church, who don't believe in God, or whatnot. So, you know, we all kind of are around these kinds of people. And I want to really share God's heart for the lost today. And I want you to have that same compassion because the Bible says that, you know, when you have the light of God inside of you, you're supposed to let that shine. And if you do not let that shine and if you hold that back, the Bible says that you are held accountable for their blood. You are held accountable for when they die and when they go to hell, what happens is that you are held accountable because you never opened your mouth and you never shared the gospel with them. You had the light. You had the answer to, to life's problems and life's questions and all that, but you didn't want to share it. It's kind of like having the, the cure for like cancer. And then you say, well, I'm just going to keep the cure for cancer. You never share it with anybody else. Guess what happens? All those people who died and all that, they're on your hands. And that's just the way it is. It's tight, but it's right. The Bible refers to those who are not saved as lost. Everybody say lost. Not the show lost. Not like, like where am I? I don't know where I am. You know, like you're like really lost. <laughs> no, I'm going to use that voice from now on. Where am I? You know, like you've been stoned for the last 10 years of your life. I don't know, guys. 
The Bible refers to those who are not saved as lost. I'm going to have a good time today, man. I know last week was a tough word. I appreciate everybody who came today. You guys are the real Christians. Okay, so I appreciate you all, and I want to share this word with you. I'm going to have some, a good time, but at the same time, I want to be serious about this message. But the Bible refers to those who are not saved as lost. Now, there are two ways the Bible, the Bible says that somebody can, uh, in a heaven or hell. So first of all, let's go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 30, uh, 13. I'm going really fast now because I want to get to my point. Matthew 7, verse 13, it says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. If you guys had uh, your, your notes, we actually started putting some questions in the back of those notes. So, you know, I want you to really be critical about some of these things that we're going to be asking on these notes, because they're important. Enter through the narrow gate. So this is Jesus talking, and he's referring to now a spiritual thing. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. What is another way to talk about destruction? If people are walking into a, a place that's going to destroy them, that means ultimately their last place they're going to be, right? It means hell. Hell is a, a tremendous place. It's destruction, the Bible says. And many enter through it. If you can see what it means, many you would see entire populations. You'd see billions of people walking into hell. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Everybody say a few. You see, that's what it takes. The way of God, the way to, do, to go to heaven is, is small. It's narrow. Not a lot of people get there. So you might be saying to yourself, man, I can... You know, I can talk to all my friends and they'll come and all that. But the real reality is that only a few really are going to get it. Only a few are going to get it in this city. Only a few are going to get it in this country. Only a few get it in the world. I know there's a lot of people who still get it. There's like over 500 million Christians in the world. And we can say they're authentic, on fire and all that. But other people, like, that's only a few compared to 7 billion people on the planet, isn't it? Imagine if you can see, if you ever been to like a Cubs game or a Sox game or like uh, a Bears game and all stuff, you know a lot of people looks like. And that's not even a lot of, a lot, a lot of people. That's like only like 30,000 at, at Soldier Stadium. I think like 50,000 that fit, like fit there. That's not even anything close to billions of people. It's like a sea. If you can imagine a sea, like when you go out to Lake Michigan, it's not, uh, Lake Michigan's not a sea, obviously. But when you go to Lake Michigan and you just see like all the water, that's like how it would look like if you could see all the people of the world. It would just be from all the way, just more people, more people, more people. It would not stop. And a lot of them, many, are going to go to hell. Who are the lost? We can go to the next slide. There are two ways that somebody can be lost. Number one, they are lost here on the earth, and they're still living, obviously. So, like, you know... Somebody who's just regular, everyday Joe, just chilling at home or whatever, he can be lost. And the Bible refers to those who are in hell as well as those who are lost as well. So there's two ways. Let's read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. It says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world, of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. That's for those who are alive. So if you're not dead, raise your hand. You see, okay, that's good. <laughs> Some guys are like, I don't know, man. Like, I was walking today. I didn't see my shadow. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Where am I, guys? 
If you know somebody like that, I'm sorry, all right? <laughs> but the Bible says here that there are people who are walking in this life who are dead in their transgressions. That means that they're lost. That they don't know the way of God, and they just, they're heading towards the final place, the final place. What is, this, what is said in the last previous scripture verse? To destruction. So they're destined for destruction, and at the same time, right now, they are dead in their transgressions. If you have not received the Lord Jesus Christ in this place, this is what the Bible is saying to you. To me? Yes, to you. You are that person right now. You might not feel like it. You might feel like, oh, I'm pretty cool, man. You know, I can play a, a wicked game of soccer with my friends. You know, I feel pretty alive. But the Bible says spiritually you're dead. And those who are now for real dead when they die, you know, and they're like in the grave and whatnot, this is what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 9, verse 17. And this is an LT, NLT version. It says, the wicked will go down to the grave. This is the fate of all nations who ignore God. Now, it says here grave, but the Hebrew word for this is called shoal. Everybody say shoal. Shoal means the realm of the dead or basically hell. That's what it means. The wicked go down to hell. And this is the fate of all the nations who ignore God, who reject God. That's just the way it is. Let me go to the next scripture verse. So we have these people who are lost in our lives. We know it. I mean, seriously, we just know it. We know when we, somebody's not saved. Sometimes it's our parents. Sometimes it's our relatives. Sometimes it's just our friends. Sometimes it's people in school, our teachers. All of that, it's just, it, it is what it is, right? We know people like that. And they're lost. We know that they don't receive, they don't have the same thing that we have. I want to now really just let everybody know in this place how important it is to really share your faith. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active. The word of God, the Bible, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Everybody say judges. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Did you know that all the sins that you've ever done, God actually has seen them? Did you know that? Did you know that at the end of your life when you die and you go through the tunnel and you're home, you get to the place, you have to now give an account for your life? Everybody has to do that. Every single person in this place has to give an account for their life. And all the sins that you have, may have done, or let's just refer to your friends, and all the, friend, all the, the sins that your friends may have done, if they haven't received Jesus, what happens is that they basically have no lawyer in place. They have nobody there to defend their case. That's it. So they go before God. God put, like, we can imagine, like, this screen and all the sins that he's ever done or, your, you know, your girlfriends or whatever, your friends, all of them ever done, just start playing and playing. And God says, what about that? Why did you break that commandment? Why did you blaspheme at this point? Why did you care about that? Why didn't you, you know, tell the truth here? Why didn't you do this, this here? God puts it out there, puts it on blast. Every thought that you have had, that has been vile and nasty and just completely opposite of God, God sees that. Every time you said, I don't care, I don't care about God, and you rejected him, God shows you that. And he asks you, 
give us, come on, tell me why you did it. Tell me why you did it. And at that time, there's no denying it. You can't lie to God and say, oh, you know what? Uh, well, it's because my, my friend didn't come, and that's why I didn't want to really live for God or whatever. No, it's that point. You say it as it is. You say, because I did not care. Because I wanted to play the next game. on. I, I wanted to play the latest game on Friday, and I stopped coming to church because of that. Oh, I didn't care about Jesus Christ. I just wanted to toke up. I just wanted to have sex. I just wanted to do whatever I wanted to do. I just wanted to go squat up. I just wanted to do everything I wanted to do on my own. You say it like it is. And then you realize at that moment, even more than before, man, I've really rejected God. Man, I really, really, really am a bad person. (laughs) You would say it probably like that in that way. Man, I have nothing good in me. What do you think God says to you then? What do you think God says to your friend at that moment? Does he say, well, man, I'm, <sighs> we just got that out of the way now. So I'm glad we had it out of the way. Angels, just go back now. Don't worry. I got this under control. You say you're sorry? Okay, man. I'm good. We're good now, man. So you just promise now you won't do anything like that again, right? Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I, I now know that you're real, and I, know, I now know that my life counted for something. Yeah, God, let me in or whatever. Is God going to do that? I bet you right now you probably heard it in your schools or through different friends or even through your own family members. They say that. Oh, you know, it doesn't matter what you do in this life. Everybody goes to the same place. It doesn't matter how you how you died and all that. It doesn't matter if you commit suicide. It doesn't matter about all that. Like Robin Williams, it doesn't matter. That's not what the Bible's saying here. We all give account to God. Why would we give an account to God? Because God wants to hold us accountable to what we've done. And when he exposes it, we are left. We show our true selves. That we are rebellious, disobedient. We don't want God. We are standing in the judgment seat, and we're basically saying through our life, our life is an open testimony to him saying, I don't want you. And I know that we think in this place, oh, well, heaven is, you know, heaven is eternal. There's an eternity after you die. This life is nothing but a flash, a vapor, nothing. I can give you a great example of how our life is so meaningless. Can somebody give me a pen real quick? Thank you. If I were to draw a line from... New York, all the way to L.A. Everybody know where New York is? If you know where New York is, please raise your hand. We will show you in a geography map, in a map, if you do not know. If anybody know where L.A. is, raise your hand. Does anybody know where you're at today? Raise your hand. (laughs) I don't know where I am. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know. Sorry. I'm I'm having a good time, man. I love you guys. So... If I were to draw a line, and just say this line was as big as this one chair right here, okay? Or maybe two chairs. Let's say two chairs, whatever. I were to draw a line, and it extended all the way over there. Let's say it went through your house. It went through your neighborhood. It went through your school, and it ended up in this church. And you saw it one go through this church, and it continued to go on through L.A. to L.A. How big you think your life would look in comparison to that line? Does it look like a big would it look like a humongous portion of a state? Would it look like? If anybody can look up here, if you can see a dot, if you can see a dot, then that's basically how little your life is compared to that humongous thing. 
And that's not even giving justice that eternity is what? Infinite. So it doesn't stop. It doesn't start at New York. It doesn't end at L.A. It continues on and on and on and on. Can you imagine? That's what your life is, 70 years, 80 years. That's it. We're going to show a video right now. And um, just talk to your neighbor for a few seconds. Say, what's up? How you doing? You look good today. Now we're going to play this video. What if? What if you had a friend who died without knowing Jesus as their personal savior? What if he or she went to hell? What if one day you received a letter in the mail from beyond? A letter from hell. A letter from your friend in the flames of eternal torment. The following is a dramatic presentation. It was written by a fictitious high school student named Josh to a friend named Zach. Although Zach had every opportunity to tell Josh about Jesus, he didn't. They were best friends. They played soccer together, they went to classes together, they partied together, they shared their lives with each other. But there was one thing Zach held back from Josh. His personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The rest of the story is simple and sad. A few too many beers. A tragic drive home. A crash. A death. A funeral. A letter. Here is that letter in its entirety. A letter from hell. Dear Zach, I died today. It's a lot different than I expected. You see, I always thought dying would bring me into a world that's foggy and hazy. But this place is crystal clear. It's even more real than my life on Earth. I can think. I can talk. Feel. Right after the wreck, I could feel my spirit leaving my body. It was the weirdest thing, Zach. I thought I heard you screaming out to me, man. I must have been just imagining things. At first, I was just standing in line, getting registered, I guess. They asked me for my name and began to look thing they called the book of life I guess they couldn't find it though because this huge angel standing next to me grabbed me by the arm and started dragging me away I was terrified I had no idea what was going on I asked the angel where he was taking me but he didn't answer so I asked him again finally he told me that only those whose names were written in the book of life could enter into heaven. And the rest would be condemned to hell forever. And I was scared. The angel threw me into some kind of holding cell where I've been sitting and thinking for a long, long time. Do you want to know what I've been thinking about? I've been thinking about you. 
Zach, you're a Christian. You told me so yourself. I mean, we talked about it three different times today. Kelly brought it up, and you laughed it off. Coach Adams brought it up, and you changed the subject. I mean, it came up right before the wreck. Well, the question I can't get out of my mind is this, Zach. Why haven't you ever told me about how to become a Christian? I mean, you say you're my friend, but if you really were, you would have told me about this Jesus and told me how to escape this terrible place that I'm headed for. I can feel my heart pounding in my chest. The angels who have been chosen to cast me into hell are coming down the hallway. I can hear their footsteps. I've heard of this hell, Zach. They call it the lake of fire. I can't stand it, Zach. I'm terrified. No, the angels are at the door. Oh, no. No! They're coming in, and they're pointing at me. They're grabbing me and carrying me out of the room. I can already smell the burning sulfur and brimstone. I can see the edge of the cliff where hell burns. This is it. I am without hope. We're coming closer. 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 My heart is bursting with fear. They're holding me over the flame. I'm damned forever. This is it. They have thrown me in. Fire. Pain. Hell. Why, Zach? Why didn't you ever tell me about Jesus? Jesus. Signed, your friend, Josh. Yes, yes. Well, wish you were here. Wish you were here. Wish you were here. Wish you were here. bother me with that little girl, the girl playing in the street. She's much too young to understand that the Savior she can meet. Don't bother me with the sounds I hear, the sounds of people shrieking. Although I wonder who they are, who are these victims screaming? Don't bother me with who they are. I really don't want the blame. Because it's my friend at work and that little girl who from hell scream out my name. Like, uh, I th I thought that that kind of video was kind of cheesy, you know, because he had the dramatization. Oh, I'm about to fall over to hell and all that, you know, like, but it's real because um, I've known some people in my life who who weren't, you know, who weren't Christians and whatnot. And they can tell you, man, that there are things as demons. There are things as evil, you know, um, my own personal life. When I was a Satanist, I... Man, dude, I was attacked by what if? my life. I, I had a really 
What if you had a friend who died with... Dude, it was crazy. Like, I'm telling you, like, it was just off the chain. I can tell you afterwards, and um, if you want to talk to me about it and whatnot. But hell is not a joke. And, you know, we don't want to just say, oh, look, it's hell, and then it's a bad place, there's fire, you're going to be internal punishment forever, and that makes you then scared of it or whatever, you know. We want you to be really aware of what hell is like. First thing is that the lost go to hell, a place that is designed to punish all those who have rejected the gospel. Hell is designed for that. Like I said it like last week, and if you weren't here last week, I basically said this. Hell is not, you know, the devil's like kingdom where he's just like chilling on his throne and he's listening to ACDC or he's listening to like some hardcore like Chief Keith and also he's not having going like, yeah, you know, I'm just turning up right now. He's not doing that. The hell is not is not for that. Hell is a place where God's wrath is being fulfilled on people who decided to turn their back on him. Hell is for those who do not want God's way and choose their sin over God, and thus they get what they wanted. Like I said, when you're giving an account to God, it's not like you're going to be saying to God, oh, please, let me, I now that you know that you're really real, basically you're going to say it like this, like, yeah, I know, I like that. I like doing that. I like it right now. I like it more than you, God. The only sad reality is this, is that you can't continue in that. Everything that is good here on this planet, everything that is good actually comes from God. Everything that you feel ever from love, from, you know, a funny joke, anything like that is from God. If you were to take away all the good things, your baby, you know, your, 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 your boyfriend, your girlfriend, really good burger from like five guys or blazing grills it all comes from god you take it away what are you left with i want to explain to you real quick just what hell is like the bible says that it is the blackest darkness so in hell you cannot see you can't you can't see in front of you can't see your fa- your hand in front of your eyes i've been in some places where you cannot see your hand in front of your eyes like that like that close you cannot see it now, some of you guys are like, oh, that's cool. I like to go to sleep in that kind of darkness and all that. But this is forever and ever and ever and ever. You wake up, you can't see. You can't see ever. Just constant darkness. That's actually something that they use to torture people. If you put somebody in a solitary confinement, I know some, some prisons in, in America, they're kind of nice, so they give you some light and whatever. But in some countries, you get into a hole, and you're there for like even a month, and you get psychological damage. That's how bad it is. You can't be in darkness too long. It just messes with you. The Bible says it's a place of raging fire. So though there is fire, and it's consuming you, you can't see the fire. It's not, it's not lighting up. There's no lights in heaven. And there's a re- in heaven and, and hell, and there's a reason why. So you have fire that's consuming and consuming and consuming, and it's burning. If you ever heard somebody say how it feels to be set on fire or anything like that, they'll tell you it is not pleasant. You ever like put your hand on? You ever accidentally burn yourself? You know, you're taking something out of the oven or whatever. I did it the other day. I got a burn right there, dude. It hurts. But imagine your whole entire body. If you are set on fire, if you're in like an accident, like a fire accident or whatever. They have to put you to sleep because you cannot handle that kind of pain. You have to be put into a coma for you to be able to recuperate. Otherwise, it would be constant burning. Your flesh has sensors. You never notice that? Like if I were to pinch Sammy right now, it hurts him right there. But your whole entire body is that way. 
The Bible says it's unquenchable, the fire. It continually burns and burns and burns day and night. So you're in darkness, day and night, fire, day and night. The Bible says that how you would feel in heaven is this. You would be weeping, weeping. Does anybody ever have wept in their life in here? You can raise your hand. It is not a pleasant thing. I'll tell you why. Because when you weep, it comes from a place of hopelessness. When you weep, you're like, I, there's, no, there's no way to understand anymore what I can do or whatever I need. To, I just don't know. I don't know anymore. It's, it, everything's falling apart. That's what I feel. That's what weeping feels like. Hopelessness. Constantly. It's a saying, I give, I, I don't, there's no sal- salvation here. There's no way to fix this. Constant weeping. The Bible says gnashing of teeth. All the people who go to hell, they're not like, you know, like, oh, I just wish now that I would only go to heaven. I just wish now that I would only, only go to heaven. The Bible actually gives you a story of somebody who is in hell. And when he is in hell and he is in the anguish that he's in, he doesn't say to, when he sees somebody that's uh, like a, a saved person, he doesn't say to that person who's saved, hey, can you please send an angel over here so that they can, you know, take me over there? I, I'm, I'm ready now. I'm ready to, to go out now. I've served my time. I've been in here for like a million years now, and I'm ready. You know, I've, I'm pretty jacked up now. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready. No, he didn't say that. He just said, hey, can you please give me some water so that I can be a, re- a little relieved? That's all I want. Just give me just a little drip of, you put your pinky in some water and then put it in my tongue. It'll make me feel better. They don't care. Gnashing of teeth. Have you ever been so angry that you have gnashed your teeth or you have done something similar where you're like, <laughs> or like something like that because you're raging and all that? I am Latino, okay? I look like I'm, I'm, I'm like one of the nicest people you know. Trust me, Leo, okay? Trust me. I'm one of the nicest people you know. But my mother, man, like she gave this to me. I don't know how I inherited it. But when she got angry, she screamed at the top of her lungs, man. She was like, she was like, she's like five feet something, five feet five or something. like that. So she's small. She's really, really petite. But like she can scare you with how angry she can get. And so she's passed it on to me, you know. And so when I've gotten angry in my life, dude, my heart would race so bad. I would be like enraged, you know. I'm like ready to do whatever I have to do. So imagine you're in heaven. You've been weeping. You, can, you cannot get out of there. And you're thinking to yourself, I hate God. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. That's what it feels like. Just constant anger, but at the same time, then you get into moments of you're, like, you're weeping and whatnot. You're like bipolar in hell. So that's how kind of it is. But look, seriously. Constant rage. Constant weeping. There's no relief at all. No one to come to you when it's, you know, when your boyfriend broke up with you. No one to come and stand next to you and say it's okay. Comfort comes from God. Text messages in the night from your leaders or even from your boyfriend, girlfriend come from God. They really do. That love comes from God. There is none of that in in hell. The Bible refers to it as a bottomless pit. Imagine, have you ever felt like you were falling at any point? Maybe you have fallen before or whatever, you know, you you fall. It's a terrible feeling because... You feel hopeless again. You don't know what you're going to do. You can't stop yourself. You can't do anything. You're just going down. Maybe you've just jumped off of one story before and it hurts your legs like crazy and whatever. I know I've done that when I was a kid. But falling is crazy. It just feels terrible. And that's kind of what the Bible refers to hell like. Constantly falling, a bottomless pit. 
So imagine you're in hell. You feel like you're on fire. There is no relief for you. You've been weeping. It's completely dark, and you feel like you're falling. You can't stop yourself. You can't. You, you don't grab onto the like the safety bar at a Great America or anything like that. You're falling. That's it. The Bible says that there's a worm that never dies. I've heard some people say that this is figurative, like you'll always remember every time somebody's preached to you and all the times that you've rejected God. I've heard some people say that. I've heard other people say that there's an actual worm inside of your body that's just constantly eating at you. I don't know what it, exactly that means. I, I'll just say it as it is. Let's say it's figuratively. Let's say that you are, your body has a worm inside of it that's just constantly just eating at you, gnawing at you. That's disgusting. I don't know, man. I, maybe you guys are like, no, nah, I've been through worse. You have not been through worse. Hell is not, you cannot experience hell in this place. Like, it, not, nothing like that. And the Bible refers to hell also as Guiana. Everybody say Guiana. This is Jesus. And Jesus referred to this specifically to um, the people he was, he was talking to. And he said that the people who are from the lost Israel, they're going to be reserved for the outer darkness. And I believe that's where the scripture, uh, that, where that's uh, used. Guiana is the, the word that is actually in the Greek for this, for this scripture verse. And what Guiana means is, Basically, the garbage dump. The garbage dump. So, Guiana means garbage, garbage dump. In the, the times where it was used, when Jesus was alive and whatnot, basically, you had a city, and then you had Guiana, which was in the outer skirts, probably south of it. And in that outer skirt, there was where people would throw their trash out. Also, they would take the criminals, and they would execute them there in Guiana. I don't know about you, man, but when I hear that God refers to where, if I were to reject him, if I were to go to Guiana, to a, the trash bin, basically, that hurts even more. Basically, if you do not preach the gospel to the people that you know need to hear the gospel, God is throwing them out into the trash, the trash place, the trash garbage dump. I know that some some of you guys here are like, man, my friends deserve it. You know, they deserve it. Like Hitler deserved it. And now, nah, man, to be honest, no one really deserves hell like that. This is talking about eternal punishment. Forever and ever and ever. If you had all the grains of sand in the world, and I imagine you had a, like a little bird, okay? This little bird decided to come and to grab a little grain and then go fly back to his little place and he put it in a cup. And then every million years he would come to the little grain to pick up another little grain. So basically when you have two grains now, it's been two million years. And you still have all the grains of sand in the world. That's not even hitting what eternity is like. That's that's ridiculous. You can't even, I mean, right now you're like, what are you saying? That is just impossible. Can I have uh, Lawrence come up? And you can turn to the next slide, Rick, before you come up. Everybody get for Lawrence. Lawrence is like the, the man, man. Look at it. He's doing everything. Now come skipping to the, the piano.
Now, um, I mean, I could have literally done this message a different way. I could have just been preaching, like, ah, like you, everybody's going, ah, and I could have been like red for ah. And you saw I, I cracked some jokes in the middle of it. But you see, the reason why I can crack jokes is because I actually do what I'm supposed to do. I actually know that because I'm saved, I'm a light to the world. And because I'm a light to the world, it's my duty to share that light to all darkness, right? Basically, if you had the only light source in your town, you would be like, hey, let me, let me share with you my candle or something like that. That's kind of how it is as a, as a Christian. You share the light that's inside of you. You just keep sharing. And that's what I do. I share it. I give my life to this. But people in here, in this place, you have friends, man. You have people that you know. And a lot of it is just, little, you're just a little afraid to talk to them about it. You haven't really taken it seriously. You haven't really taken seriously what eternity means like, what souls mean like. It could be your boyfriend, it could be your girlfriend, it could be your brother, it can be your sister, it can be your best friend, it can be everybody that you know. We need to believe in things like this in this place. You need to believe it in your life. When we're saying, hey, man, bring them to the E-Night next week, bring three friends to E-Night, it's not like, hey, man, just, you know, give three friends so that we can have an even better time with more people and all that. No, dude, bring three friends so that they can get saved, so that they don't have to go to hell, so that they can actually experience the good things in this life that has to offer. God has to offer them salvation. Man, it's not, it's, I'm not asking too much. I'm just saying, dude, do you care about your friends? Do you really do? If you saw your friend getting smacked in the head of a baseball bat, I bet you 100% you would do something. You would call the cops. You would do something. You would feel like anger, like justice. Like, I want to I make sure that justice is served. This is what we have to do in this place. The whole entire sermon series is about being set on fire so that you can set other people on fire. We have to do that. It's not an option because God makes it very clear. When you have the light of God inside of you and when you don't share it, when you're a little too afraid, oh, you know, I just don't really feel like sharing it today. I don't really feel like I really, I really don't care about that guy. He can go to hell. That's not okay. The same thing is the blood is on your hands. The blood is on your hands. You will see that person go to hell God will point it out to you and say, that's your fault. That's it. No one should want anybody to go to hell in this place. I'm telling you. Not your worstest enemy. There's forgiveness. There's time and time also can pass. You don't even care much about it. There was one time in, when I was in kindergarten, I think somebody punched me in the stomach or something like that. You know, and like, yeah, at the time I was angry, but eventually I got over it. It's not like I want my, my enemies to, like, die now and, and face fire and weeping and gnashing the teeth and falling constantly and weep, like, all that. I don't want them to experience that. I don't want anybody to experience that. So I hope in this place right now that this message spoke to you and that you take it seriously. You actually listen to it and you say, man, I'm going to make a difference. I'm actually going to do something about this. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, and if everybody can stand up. I can get also the band to come for ready. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, 
Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that amazing news? Everybody who calls on the name of the Lord, if you say, Jesus, I want you to save me, I want you to, to give me that new life, they will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Basically, the Bible is like, you eventually comes back down to you have to go and do it. It's not like, you know, they're just going to be going to, to school and all of a sudden, like, like they're going to have, like, in, like, the leaves in the fall time. It's going to say, you need Jesus, otherwise you are going to hell. That doesn't happen like that, okay? You have the gospel inside you. And God wants to use every single one of you guys. Every single one of you guys. Some of you say, it's too scary. It's, you know, like, they're, they're going to make fun of me. They're going to say, oh, you're a Christian. You look so funny when you're preaching. You, you're all in that goody-goody stuff. You say, heck yeah, man, that goody-goody stuff because I know, man, that goody-goody stuff is awesome, bro. I get good things. I mean, I'm talking about I get to feel the presence of God. I'm happy. I don't have to fake it to make it. I'm actually happy. I feel victorious. I don't struggle with the same sins that you may be struggling with. More importantly, I get to go to heaven. I get to be with God when I die. Do you want that? So in this place... I want to open up the opportunity for every single one of you guys. If you are feeling like you have not been faithful to that, and especially now since we're asking every single one of you guys, bring three friends. And that's just saying a number. Man, bring everybody you know if that's the case, man. If you believe in this this much, go ahead. Call everybody. Talk to everybody. Facebook them. Let them know. Say, bro, man, I believe in heaven and hell. I know that you are not saved. The Bible says that if you do not accept Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. You do not want to go there, bro. You do not want to go there. Share it. Share it. Make it viral. Do what you got to do, but let it be real in your life. Don't, don't pretend like, oh, this is just nothing I don't even believe in. Because trust me right now, there are some things in life that you cannot take a chance on. It makes sense, right? Like you're walking home from school, you see a whole bunch of thugs in front of your house or in your way to your house, and you think to yourself, hey, that looks safe. I'm just going to go through, the, through their thugs and all that. No, you don't do that. You think. There's some things in life you just do not take the chance on. Right? Would you do that, Aliyah, if you're just, like, walking home from tap and all that? You're like, hey, I'm so happy today. And there's just, like, this massive, like, you see, like, bum fights in front of your house and all that stuff. Would you go in front of that? You're not, you would not take a chance on that, okay? Same thing. You do not want to take a chance on heaven and hell and then die and see, oh, there really is a heaven and a hell. Oh, my gosh, I should have believed it when I was, like, 15 years old. Don't do that. Be wise right now. It counts right now. Amen? We're going to pray. You guys can sing a soft uh, song in the back, and we're going to open up right now the altars just to receive prayer. I can get my altar workers to come up. Let's pray, guys. Lord, we thank you right now for this time. Jesus, without, without sharing the gospel with our friends, God, we don't know if they would get another chance, Lord. 
I know in my life, God, I've, I've shared it with countless people in my life, and I told them I love you so much, God. I love you so much, but I just, I have to tell you the truth. I pray in this place, God, that everybody would have that same audacity, God, that they would not be afraid of your gospel, Lord, that they would see the actual result of people not receiving you, God, and I pray that in this place that they would be 100% going after you and 100% just doing whatever you command them, God. And this is one of the things you command to share the light that's inside of them, Lord. Elevate should be a place that is full of people, not for the sake of numbers, but for people getting saved, for people getting their lives changed, for friends finally coming to, to really believe in what their friend has believed and taught. Lord Jesus, you are so awesome, and I know that you can do it. open up the altar right now so that you guys can come and receive prayer. If you want to, you know, ask for courage, if you want to ask for boldness, maybe you want to come up to one of these guys and you want to pray for one of your friends as well so they can, they can actually get saved. We'll let that happen right now. But right now, the altar's open. You guys can come up.